Welcome to CTRM Radio, home of the official podcast of Commodity Technology Advisory and your source for information on all matters related to CTRM. Welcome to the latest edition of CTRM Radio. I'm Patrick Reams, and in today's edition of our podcast, we'll be talking with several experts in the area of trading and risk management solutions that can address the needs of companies operating in the global LNG markets. As the LNG market continues its rapid expansion with the development of new liquefaction facilities around the globe and a growing reliance on LNG as a primary fuel source, particularly in the Asia-Pacific region, the demand for trading and risk management software to service the needs of new market players has increased. Though many of the off-the-shelf ETRM products can provide much of the necessary functionality to address the needs of producers, consumers, or traders of LNG, there are a number of unique IT challenges and or solution gaps that will need to be addressed prior to these new market entrants beginning operations. To better explore these challenges, today we're speaking with three experts on the topic. First is Mr. Glenn Ragland partner with Capco, a leading provider of consulting services to the energy markets. Next is Mr. Colin Cooper, VP of EMEA for ECA Software Solutions. And finally, we spoke with Mr. David Myers, president and co-founder of Enuit. We're speaking with Glenn Ragland, a partner with Capco, to get his thoughts around the question of the day, which is, Glenn, if we look at the, the challenges, the IT challenges that LNG producers will face as they they near commercial operations or, or traders might face as they look at entering the, the marketplace. What do you what do you see as some of those unique challenges? Well, first, Patrick, thank you for inviting me to participate um, in this particular podcast. But to answer your question directly, I think you have to break it down into you know two sides. You you have to look at the IT challenges from the LNG producers perspective, and then you have to look at it from the LNG traders that are out there regardless of whether you're buying or selling from a trader perspective. With specific reference to LNG producers using, like, for example, tolling facilities in the U.S., IT systems, you know, are definitely required to accurately track and monitor each toller's volumes delivered or energy consumed to create the LNG. This not only includes, you know, the raw materials such as the gas, electricity, but also the known fuel loss typically with producing LNG but also the lost and unaccounted for volumes that occur as part of that process. Further, inventory management for accounting, um, the pipeline operational balancing agreements, reporting to the you know, Department of Energy and tracking non-commodity costs, such as port fees and inspections, vessel vetting and approvals, etc., all have to be accurately tracked and accounted for and properly allocate it to the individual toller. Uh, as you can imagine, that is an incredibly complex task and the IT systems have to be up to that particular challenge. Additionally, uh, I would say the LNG facilities will produce a cargo, you know, approximately every few days, uh, depending on, you know, their capacity, right? And depending upon the capacity of the toller or the required offtake of the LNG buyer, accurately generating a cost of goods will be incredibly complicated. Keep in mind that the efficiency of the LNG production facilities can be impacted by ambient air temperature, right? And most will likely be exposed to local power costs, which are also influenced by weather. It will be key for the systems to accurately produce a cost of goods sold every two day, um, two to 10 days, depending on the contract. And while NYMEX has a monthly settlement price, the commodity feedstock 
may overlap two months, requiring a weighted average price, daily power cost, which may include real-time power, i.e. hourly, not to mention the possibility of including any benefits or losses as a result of hedging that are occurring during that process. In short, producing a cargo from the U.S. with a robust indigenous supply and demand fundamentals, not to mention the diverse hedging and pricing mechanisms, is distinctly different than traditional LNG production facilities where the product was largely stranded, right? So LNG historically was designed to take natural gas from an area of mass supply to an area of mass demand. This is not the case with U.S. LNG today. Thus, the cost of producing LNG in the U.S. is non-standard, volatile, and will require non-standard and robust IP systems to manage all of that. Today's systems, specifically on the producer side, frankly, are not up to the task, which is why you see a significant number of companies going back to the old reliable Excel spreadsheet that they're using currently for a lot of the commercial operations that are occurring today. If I look at it from the other side of the equation, right, so from the LNG trader perspective, at least my experience with LNG trading space is that it is far more comfortable operating at a very slow glacial speed, right, um, where managers have days, not seconds, to make a decision where additional profits were, you know, are often missed or rather neglected due to the complicated nature of the long-term LNG contracts with destination restrictions, joint venture profit-sharing calculations, international trade dispute, all of those, right? So I believe as the LNG market matures and LNG buyers become more comfortable with exposing their portfolios to the spark market, we're going to see an evolution in the way LNG is traded. This evolution is only going to be able to occur at the speed of which IT systems allow. Again, I go back to the current systems and the trading systems are not really structured to support this. So with a focus, if I focus on the impact of the spot market specifically for LNG trade, and the growth within the industry, you know, if you look at the old oil-based LNG contracts with limited optionality, they're not going to press upon the limitations of the current IT system since they've been in place since, what, the 70s? Rather, the growth of the spot LNG trading further influenced by the, further influenced by the U.S. non-destination-specific LNG is going to require very robust IT system to track, monitor, report, and value the LNG trading activities. If you look on the water for that specific point, you know, on the water destination changes and impact to margin and value at risk, that specific point. In the future, tidal changes to LNG cargoes are gonna occur more often between the time when the LNG buyer takes the delivery at the supply point and the final destination. IT systems will be required to quickly evaluate the impact of destination change i.e. the diverting of a cargo originally headed for, let's just say, the UK to potentially like Turkey. You know, how will the impact of existing hedges, the resulting short of the UK position, the currency changes, the changes to the shipping cost, um, specifically, for example, boil off, bunkers, port fees, etc., be included in the decision to divert and the overall margin? Imagine the systems that, you know, are going to have to be in place to be able to handle that to make these decisions on a very timely basis. Today, as I said, you know, it's occurring very slowly, these trades, right? A lot of that has to do with the authority and reporting associated to it. So with the increased volume traded on the spot market, 
you know, you're going to have the inverse with it will decrease the amount of time traders have to execute a trade, right? If one ag agrees that the largest impact to the price of natural gas and LNG is just natural gas condensed to make it more efficient for transport is weather, then you should agree that the value of the LNG cargo can quickly change as a result and weather related demand changes, not to mention unforeseen or foreseen natural disasters like earthquakes, mines in the Strait of Hormuz lately, all of those things are going to be impacting, right? So the systems that are going to be able to handle that are going to be incredibly important. The LNG trader will not be afforded the week to 10 days it once took to arrange for a spot LNG trade, but will be required to make the call much more quickly. This will require a change to traditional risk policy that pushes authority from senior manager level to trader level. Therefore, a robust IT system that can quickly account for the activity and accurately track the significant risk associated with the LNG trade is going to be required. Going on from there, if you look at the inefficient LNG markets, right? LNG markets are inefficient, which is great for traders today, right? So one area IT will support that evolution is with title transfer and decreasing the amount of paperwork associated with LNG trading. I know blockchain is talked about quite a bit, but if you've looked at the amount of paperwork that goes back and forth just associated with LNG trades, and imagine trading a cargo on the water multiple times before it reaches its final destination, that is what is slowing the whole process down. The blockchain might actually be a potential solution for that between the parties. Additionally, if you look at the regasification markets, which are highly also highly inefficient, with the EU terminals often require the regasification slot owner to release the regasification slot within a very small window just before the slot date. So this window is typically not enough time to allow for a secondary user to utilize the slot. Thus, the regasification capacity is largely underutilized in the EU. This will be an issue as LNG terminals in Japan are forced to liberalize the regasification capacity in the future. Basically, the challenge you have is that these regasification facilities, you know, if someone gives up their slot, there's not a way to get another cargo in there today just because of the timeliness of the information and the systems. Lastly, I would look at it from a perspective of quality, LNG quality. One area IT could facilitate the evolution of LNG trading is managing the quality requirements of local demand. For example, the Wobi Index, which allowed the local LNG buyer to access additional LNG supply outside local specification requirements. By forecasting a blending schedule, right, designed to mix two cargoes not traditionally available to the buyer, the buyer might be able to buy cargoes from a larger group, thus creating additional opportunity which should create an opportunity to lower their overall purchase cost. That would be my view in terms of the issues and the challenges. As I said, you, you really do have to look at it, Patrick, from both the trader perspective as well as the producer's perspective. But those are fundamentally what I believe the challenges are going to be from an IT perspective um, without getting into the operational IT systems themselves. Which is, which is a whole other can of worms. It is a whole nother can of worms. So, you know, we've had plenty of conversations around how do you actually safely secure your operational systems? People talk about air gapping the system. Everybody is uh, aware of what happened with Iran and their LNG and how they actually snuck software in there, uh, malware in there to stop that process through a software upgrade. 
that they did do across the air gap. I mean, that's a well-published story at this point. You get into that, uh, you get into the conversations around the information management associated with these operations. But now this is specific to the owner operators, the producers themselves, the regulatory requirements, the reporting that you have, all the procedures that you have to have to operate those facilities. A massive amount of that information is not in structured systems like an SAP or a Maximo for maintenance and management, but they're physical documents that are being stored in document management solutions like SharePoint, Documentum, just to name a few. Those systems, though, have serious challenges with them. If you look at just the procedures alone, a typical LNG train might have 2,500 procedures associated with it from everything from, you know, an operations procedure to cold weather preparation procedures, you know, with all of the actual safety procedures that go into this thing. And maintaining those procedures is a constant challenge. Many of the companies today are continuing to write procedures in Microsoft Word publish them out to PDF, and then obviously putting them out on sites. And you see operators walking around these sites carrying literally manuals with them. But imagine trying to go through that manual and making rapid decisions during a time of an emergency. Those are just not efficient ways to do it. So I believe you're going to continue to see the mobilization of operations out there. I think you're going to see that companies are going to move towards more what I'll call the smart procedure, which converts it from a Word document or a PDF into an actual database-driven document that's easier to manage, maintain, especially as these trains, many of them, especially since they're all being built today, are basically duplicate copies of each other, right? They have the same pumps, valves. The only difference is they have different tag numbers, right, or asset numbers associated with them. So being able to rapidly clone that but for regulatory reasons, you have to have a document for every single one of them. Well, you obviously don't want to have to go create a document for every single one of them. So wouldn't it be nice just to be able to create the procedure once and just have attributes, again, associated with the various tag numbers for the assets that you're talking about? I see that growth coming up very, very fast. Uh, products like Procedure Accelerator out there, Smart Procedure is the other big one in the market right now. I, I see a growth in that space as well. So we're talking with Colin Cooper at ECHA. Uh, ECHA's had some experience in employing their software with LNG producers, traders. So we wanted to get his take. Uh, Colin, in terms of some of the unique challenges that LNG producers face as they near production or LNG traders face as they, they near going out in the marketplace, it's a bit different than some of the other energies. Can you give us some insights into what are some of those unique uh, IT or ETR? CTRM, CTRM challenges. Hi, Patrick. Yeah, more than happy to do that. Uh, I think in order to answer the question, you need to understand the market and the IT that's required to support essential business activities. In terms of the uh, market factors, energy markets in general are impacted by market factors, and LNG is no different. For example, the trade war between the US and China has an impact. China recently increased tariffs from 25% to 10% on US imports impacting Chinese LNG buyers. And we've seen Chinese investments in the US put on hold. Security supply remains an issue as traditional support sources change or diminish. And the Straits of Hormuz, for example, is crucial for about 25% of the world's LNG supply. And recent events have had an impact. 
And we could see spot prices double if they remain closed. These are just a couple of examples of global events that impact markets and create risk and uncertainty in decision making. There are some more specific factors relating specifically to uh, LNG. And we're seeing changing LNG uh, market fundamentals. We're seeing growing demand globally in Asia, primarily in China and Japan. And also in Europe, where North Sea and Dutch production has been declined for many years. Qatar and the US by 2025 will be the largest LNG producers in the world, both with around 80 million tons per annum. Australia is growing and will reach about 70 million tons per annum at the same time, as is Russia, which would be about 40 million tons per annum at that time. All of this means that we're seeing new buyers and new sellers, more choice of source and destination. It's not just the US, Russian LNG imports into Europe have increased recently. Chinese investment has also taken place in Russian LNG. We've seen Saudi Aramco investing in the US. And we've seen Total, the French company, in investing in the US. In fact, in this case, taking the place of a Chinese investor who did not proceed. Environmental factors are playing a part on LNG. We know about the switch from coal to gas for baseload power generation, but also for peak generation, especially in Europe. LNG is increasingly becoming considered as an environmentally friendly fuel, not only in shipping, but also more widely, and demand is expected to increase. It's increasingly common to have flexible destination contracts, both from buyers and sellers. These are mainly US contracts at the moment, linked initially to Henry Hub or TTF or MBP or JKM in Southeast Asia. Flexible contracts may also make market entry easier for trading companies, which could in turn promote a spot market. However, let's not fool ourselves, long-term contracts are still being signed. Mozambique LNG recently completed eight sales contracts, varying in length from 13 years to over 20 years. We're also seeing oversupply and undersupply in liquefaction capability, vessels and regas capability. That in turn creates volatility. And just taking a, an example, in 2017, the spot charter rate for 160,000 cubic meter LNG carrier was around $90,000 a day. In 2018, this had halved to around $45,000 a day. But we're expecting to see shipping being tight in 2019 and 20, and therefore we could expect price to increase again. So what is the IT challenge to support the essential business activities? Trade capture, including complex pricing, is a challenge. I've mentioned increasing gas pricing, but 70% of all contracts are still indexed to oil. Arbitrage or opportunity identification is incredibly important. Should I buy? Should I sell? Short-term, long-term, spot? This involves complex and opaque pricing. You need comprehensive cost identification for netback analysis, vessel and voyage planning and scheduling, as well as overall portfolio management and optimization. Risk management is challenging in immature opaque ODC markets because of the lack of transparency and the consequent price volatility. Price information, even when it's available, is often delayed or incomplete, which means that hedging, risk or exposure is limited. There are limited financial instruments. We know of five or six derivative contracts in JKM, but the majority of hedging is through proxy hedging through alternative fuels. VAR is an important measure, but without the necessary data, you have to ask, is it meaningful? You also need to consider freight exposure, FX and credit. 
as well as the insurance. And we can see that the insurance has increased due to the attacks in the Straits of Hormuz of up to 20 times more now after the attacks than it was before per vessel. So what you need is a capable, flexible system to adapt to market business model changes and market evolutions, such as ECHA's digital commodity platform. Trading activities and analysis cannot be done on spreadsheets or antiquated systems, all of which explains why we are seeing a spike in demand for ETRM systems for LNG traders, especially multi-commodity trading systems like ECHA's. LNG traders just starting out or companies branching beyond other energy products need modern systems that automatically capture trades identify opportunities, making, measure risk and aggregate data from as many sources as necessary, and with performance that can analyze the data quickly to enable better decisions to be made. So we're joined by uh, Mr. David Myers, president and co-founder of Enuit, Houston-based ETRM vendor with a, with a global reach. Uh, Enuit's been very successful at selling into the ETRM producer, trader, merchant, and, and even the consumer space for LNGs. I think you can bring some pretty good insights. So, uh, David, in, in terms of what your experience at Enuit has, has shown you, what are some of the unique challenges that uh, LNG producers, traders, merchants, consumers face when uh, implementing or buying an ETRM system? Thank you, Patrick. The, uh, the LNG market is similar in many respects to other commodities that are traded. It's a newer market, and I think, first of all, the, the biggest challenge is tuning up any of the ETRM or CTRM products to a specific unique attributes or those nuances that are specific to the LNG market, which are different. Uh, each, each commodity market has its own personality, per, per se, uh, has a, its own uh, unique aspects. And I think the LNG market uh, in general has unique aspects. In the production side, that's uh, that's one element. And then the uh, the general cargo style business, I guess you could call that the marketers or the even the the end user, the consumers uh, that actually purchase LNG for their own own needs, generally like a country, Japan possibly or China. The, uh, the the two biggest things perhaps, the, the one biggest thing perhaps for the marketer side is just the, the pricing mechanism. There's no exchange or benchmark indexes per se for LNG. It's, you know, you have LNG being produced in Australia, you have LNG being produced now in the United States, and I suppose even in the Middle East, instead of flaring the, the Taudis and other countries there are also now uh, liquefying the the what they used to consider to be the an annoyance natural gas and they're making uh, some some money off of it the the pricing mechanism because there is no benchmark or exchange traded value it's hard to know what the value is uh, in the United States we have an advantage that we do have an active natural gas market with a very established Henry hub exchange which is not a bad pricing source and not a bad source of information for natural gas prices in general, but it's still, it's not LNG. It's not, uh, it's not, LNG is a different product, obviously, than natural gas. So the, there's a bunch of different ways of pricing LNG and, and they're very complicated models, referencing Brent crude, uh, referencing the you know, Henry Hub and referencing their other indexes, for instance, uh, freight costs and so forth to begin to establish some basis for a rational price that can be negotiated. There's some charts that I have of curve hierarchies 
you might call them, ways of establishing LNG prices. Uh, they're very complicated. They're very complex. So if, if you have a system that needs to implement an LNG marketing system uh, or a system that can price deals, LNG deals, then you, you better have a system that can handle the complexities of the unique and, and complicated LNG deal formulas. Uh, they can uh, deconstruct them. They can uh, represent the risks within inherent in the deal formulas into its uh, benchmark components, for instance, Brent or Henry Hub, and, and that they can uh, price them out and eventually for, for a settlement. It's, it's, it's not, that is in, an, in a nutshell, the, the most complicated for, uh, aspect of the LNG market, as according to my understanding today. The, the only other aspect is just uh, more logistical in nature, managing, for instance, the hill, the hills, which is, you know, what's left over that didn't get pumped out. There's a hill when you load a ship and then there's a hill when you when you discharge the, the cargo. And so the uh, and then whether you, you use uh, LNG as a bunkering fuel. So these are more logistical cost related things. And it does complicate the whole aspect of, of running an LNG buying and selling business Um but uh, it's not any different than say you would you would face the same situations for a, a crude or a, pro, a refined product cargo as well. So those aren't necessarily unique to the LNG market, but complexities that if you have a, a crude system, it may be able to be used for an LNG product, but uh, it doesn't necessarily translate 100%. So uh, anyway, that's that's my take on the complexities of the LNG business as it relates to IT or managing. Uh, having software to ma help manage your your company's uh, operations on the production side. If you don't mind me just uh, launching over there, on the production side, it's um, very similar to most of the traditional natural gas business that that is uh, already happening for the last 25, 30 years here in the United States, uh, relating to loading cargos or liquefaction processes. Essentially, the net you buy and procure natural gas, you transport it, you put it in a storage tank. Over the storage a salt dome storage or something like that is is close enough to your liquefaction facility so it, it can be readily pulled as needed. Basically, you have all the traditional aspects of a storage or a natural gas system that you would expect anybody, you know, any software vendors or internally built software to handle and manage well. From a modeling perspective, you could look at your liquefaction processes as, a, as another pipeline, and it, it has a, a higher fuel cost because of the if the fuel is, you know, natural gas is used to, in the liquefaction process. But there's also costs built in if you use electric power, part of the liquefaction process. And so there's other charges that are also part of the, the production of LNG, which makes it a little bit unique. Probably the most unique aspect of the LNG production is the is the operation of the facility itself. Uh, many of these liquefaction facilities have uh, are multi-trained, and the capacity through the liquefaction facility is contracted to various we'll call them investors in the liquefaction facility. And so, because of that, you you have to manage on whose account you're you're liquefying the the natural gas and storing it subsequently after liquefaction processes in tanks that may be shared and intermingled uh, with other with other investor you know LNG so the the management of the trains as well as the the ownership of 
each of the molecules within the storage facility becomes a little bit complicated. There are ways of dealing with this, obviously, from a modeling perspective. What I suppose uh, many softwares could, could manage. The, the only other aspect is perhaps having, having a multi-commodity because you have natural gas and you have LNG and you have electric power. All of these three things are intermingled in the same system. And if you don't have an ETRM system that can handle the multi-commodity aspects, each commodity in and of itself, plus the, the, the commodity conversion elements of a system, then it, uh, it can be challenging. In that. And I think by and large, those are, those are my thoughts as it regards the LNG market in general, as well as the LNG production side of the business. Thank you for listening to this podcast in the CTRM radio series from Commodity Technology Advisory. You can find all CTRM Radio podcast back issues at iTunes, SoundCloud, and of course, ctrmcenter.com. In fact, please do visit us at ctrmcenter.com for all of your CTRM-related news, opinion, insights, analysis, and research. I'd like to thank today's guests. I'd like to thank Patrick Reams for hosting it. And I'd like to thank you for listening. My name's Gary Vesey with Commodity Technology Advisory. Hope to see you on the next one. Bye. You've been listening to CTRM Radio, a podcast by leading industry analysts, Commodity Technology Advisory. You can find more information about us at ComTechAdvisory.com and much more news, views, research, and information on CTRM at the CTRM Center at CTRMCenter.com. Thank you for joining our presenters, managing partners Patrick Reams and Gary M. Basie and their guests today, and we hope to see you on a future edition of CTRM Radio.